Hi, listeners. This is Susanna Cavanaugh, reporter for The Real Deal, with a quick note before our episode today. When we started reporting for our 2022 look ahead, it was the end of November, COVID cases were relatively flat, and Omicron had just entered our lexicon as a new variant. Now, things have changed. Cases are spiking, and in New York, Chicago, L.A., and D.C., some businesses, mainly restaurants, have shuttered. By all accounts, it looks like we are headed toward another surge. We should all be concerned about Omicron, but not panicked. If you're fully vaccinated, and especially if you got your booster shot, you are highly protected. And no, this is not March of 2020. So that being said, our predictions for this episode do account for COVID. But the impact, as CBRE's global chief economist Richard Barkham told us in the firm's 2022 outlook, is still an unknown. Obviously, the Omicron virus uh, is one of the threats to the outlook. I stress we don't know yet what that holds. But the early evidence suggests that, albeit that Omicron is more infectious, it is less deadly. And the evidence is beginning to emerge that the vaccines still have mitigation effects on the severity of the illness and also hospitalisation. So our current view is that we don't think the Omicron variant uh, will be any more serious than the Delta variant, by which I mean it's not going to derail the economy. There's a, there's a powerful recovery underway. Welcome to Deconstruct. I'm your host, Isabella Farah, and on today's episode, we're looking to the future. Reporter Susanna Cavanaugh and I discuss whether the rebound of retail, industrial, and commercial real estate will continue into 2022, the impact of Omicron on the office market, and the consumer-friendly tech that's here to stay. So Isabella, last week you gave us a rundown of the standout moments of 2021, and I thought we could start there. Looking across real estate, which sector would you say had the biggest comeback? That's really a tough one. I mean, multifamily had a pretty great year. We went from what felt like no one wanting an apartment in a big city at the end of 2020 to so much demand across the country that rents are up 11% nationally, which is huge. Retail, as you mentioned in our holiday episode a couple weeks ago, is definitely on the upswing. But I think the biggest standout has been industrial real estate. Right. Yes. Industrial or the logistics sector. CBRE Senior Director James Breeze summed it up pretty well. Speaking about industrial real estate, this product type remains the best performing commercial product type in the country. It really has been for the last decade. And and there's nothing on the horizon that points to that changing in 2022. And in a lot of ways, that fits into retail's decline during the pandemic. So in 2020, in-store shopping basically ceases to exist for a bit. In 2021, retail comes back, but it's with a much, much heavier emphasis on a hybrid way to shop, buying online and waiting for the package or buying online, picking up in-store. And that demand for e-commerce pushed all levels of retailers from Amazon down to smaller businesses in need of storage to snap up warehouse spaces. Industrial vacancy rates are incredibly low, and leasing at the end of the year hit its highest level since 2008. And is that expected to continue into 2022? Yeah, here's CBRE's global chief economist, Richard Barkham, giving his take on the future. The gist is that most markets are recovering, 
because of government measures to stave off the pandemic. So the, the two base factors driving the economy in 2021 and in 2022 are the, the fiscal and monetary stimulus success of the vaccine. But what's increasingly the third factor that is driving the economy, which is um, increasingly important, is just a, re- a revival in consumer and business spending. And, you know, that recovery that we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months, it has driven almost a full recovery in real estate. So uh, we've got positive net absorption, have had positive net absorption for the last four quarters in industrial. We've got positive net absorption in the multifamily for the last three quarters. We've got, surprisingly, positive net absorption in the retail sector. And we think, actually, that will continue. That above-trend growth won't finish in 2022 but there will still be some of that that leaks out into 2023 as well. So we're looking at very, very good uh, demand conditions. Now, it seems like Omicron could throw a wrench into the whole renaissance of brick and mortar. But as a whole, is there a sense that companies are still betting on in-store space in 2022? Overall, yeah. Some markets are expected to perform better than others. And Largely, it depends on where the population is growing. So CBRE's James Breeze mentioned Florida as a hotspot, and cities along the Sun Belt, so Vegas, Houston, Atlanta, also Phoenix, are all expected to see rental rates among retailers and consumer demand grow. And looking at an urban-suburban breakdown, both markets should see demand, and that's primarily driven by the migration patterns that came out of the pandemic. So I'm going to take this as an opportunity to jump over to the residential real estate market. So many trends there. The dominance of the single-family rental within an incredibly hot housing market. And as you mentioned earlier, this surge in rents as people moved out of their parents' homes or out of the suburbs and back to cities has driven some momentum. Meanwhile, others have continued to seek out more space. It sounds like split demand in some ways. That's how I've thought of it. The younger generations and culture seekers are heading to cities as millennials with families or those who are just done with the whole hustle and bustle look for homes in the burbs. Kurt Stewart, who's the managing director at JPMorgan Chase, laid out the difference pretty well. The demand for housing in large cities, we're already starting to see commercial real estate fundamentals tighten more quickly than the industry expected. And the investment thesis for commercial real estate in large cities like New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco is continuing to get more firm as we move into 2022. But at the same time... The pandemic absolutely created a need for more space, right? The home became a sanctuary. And that demand for additional space, I don't think dissipates in 2022, except for the fact that you have rising rents across the country. And so the market may dampen some of that demand or slow some of that migration. But I think the demand for more space is here to stay for a while. Our Hudson Valley episode highlights that getting an apartment in New York right now is an enormous challenge, but so is getting a spacious place upstate. So looking at the U.S. as a whole, what are experts saying as far as the housing market? It's all over the map. So in December, Bloomberg reported that Ivy Zellman, she is the housing analyst who called the top of the market two years before the crash, thinks we're headed toward a correction. She said it's especially a risk in overheated areas like Phoenix, where there are a bunch of investors. And basically, the potential is that iBuyers and private equity firms that have been so feverishly buying and building get freaked out and they start selling. And then there's too much supply. The good news is she doesn't think we're headed toward a nationwide collapse like during the 2007-2008 financial crisis. Other outlets are saying not so fast. 
Quartz had a piece right around Thanksgiving that said the factors driving prices are limited supply and rising demand as opposed to the subprime lending that fueled the bubble in the late aughts. So the demand we're seeing is real. Jeff Taylor of the Mortgage Bankers Association, who's quoted in that piece, thinks the rate of home buying is going to stay high through 2022. So it's still going to be hard to buy a house. So we know that, you know, everyone is talking about inflation at the moment. And I know that the Fed wants to hike interest rates. How is that going to impact things? So experts expect mortgage rates to rise. Lawrence Yan, who's the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, told Market Watch he sees rates increasing to 3.5 percent in 2022, and that's up from 3 percent. But housing prices are still going to go up because of that demand we mentioned earlier, and especially in second and third tier markets. Yun mentioned Dallas, Fort Worth, Knoxville, and Tucson. And the interest in these markets is also driven by the continuation of work from home. If companies can hire remote, workers can live anywhere. We're a pretty good example of that. We're currently doing this podcast transcontinentally. That's true. Isabella's in Australia and I am in Brooklyn via the powers of Zoom. So are there any projections for how the office market is going to adapt to that hybrid work environment? I know some companies have pushed return dates back because of Omicron or they've temporarily closed their offices. Mm -hmm. The office market is probably the hardest to predict going into 2022. Kurt Stewart of JPMorgan Chase gave me a pretty good breakdown, though. So there's really two competing theories out there, right? One where remote work will dominate into the future and another theory where people believe in the power of in-person collaboration. And remote work directly impacts the demand for office space. But even there, we've seen a dichotomy where some of the biggest tech firms are also the biggest acquirers of office space in large cities. Sure, Google spent $2 billion on an office building in Hudson Square this fall. Apple is expanding in Culver City. Also in LA, there have been a huge surge of big buyers like Blackstone snapping up studio space. That's a different niche of the market, one driven by the streaming boom. At the same time, office vacancies are still up. In L.A., you reported it hit a 10-year high in the third quarter. But then within that, leasing volume has also picked up, so both on the West Coast and in New York. Here is CBRE's Julie Whalen with a more macro perspective. We do believe that the office market is going to continue to improve in 2022. Now, that being said, it's really dependent on employees coming back to the office more than they are today. We know that Omicron is a factor to think about. But even with the variant, our best educated guess is that physical office occupancy, that is people frequenting the offices again, is going to continue to slowly edge up throughout 2022. We think it's probably going to be a little bit muted in the first quarter as a result of Omicron, but should pick up steam after that. Now, the reason we believe that is because of what we experienced in Delta. Even with Delta, office occupancy continued to moderately pick up in 2021. So there's really no reason to believe that Omicron is going to reverse course. The bottom line I keep hearing is that companies are looking for high quality office spaces that offer amenities that will bring workers back basically giving them a reason to come into work. Yeah, I agree. In so many ways, this feels like the year of the consumer, the customer, and the worker, as opposed to the corporation. I think the pandemic saw so many innovations that touched the real estate industry. I'm thinking of omni-channel shopping and the advent of hybrid work, but also the rise of prop tech companies that are making things easier for the home buyer and the renter. Right. So 
Parag Sarva, who is the CEO of Rhino, which is a company that has replaced cash security deposits with insurance, so an example of PropTech, talk to me about this. Flexibility, I think, is a new word that's come into the fore. If you take a snapshot back to suddenly offices closed, schools closed, shops closed, locked in your home, the housing product across the United States was not designed for a 24-7 in-your-home life. And there's been a bit of an arms race to basically give renters a better experience and a better product. Within that are virtual tours or self-guided ones that use automated access. There are online applications, fintech solutions that let tenants earn points on rent payments that they can then put towards buying a house. And internally, multifamily providers are also looking to new tech to help retrofit their buildings as the climate crisis becomes more severe. Installations are just getting started, but owners are looking to add technologies like on-site solar, electric heat pumps, systems that automatically regulate energy use, basically cutting down on their expenses, helping the climate, and easing the burden on tenants. I think 2022, what we're going to see is everything that's happened this year is a one-way door. These are not things that, hey, because you offered virtual leasing in 2020 and 21 as part of the pandemic, you're suddenly no longer offering virtual leasing. You know, one of my pet peeves before the pandemic was I love I love farmers markets. However, always difficult if you didn't have cash. And then suddenly within months, guess what? Everybody had a square reader. Do we think that in 2022, those farmers are going to throw their square readers in the garbage? No way. <laughs> the adoption and adaptation that we've seen to give people flexibility, it's just going to continue to reinforce, I think, what we've seen in the last year. Deconstruct is taking a break next week to ring in the new year. Check back on Monday, January 10th for a fresh episode where we'll look at the market in Austin and what's drawing tech companies, financial firms, investors, and homeowners to the Texas city. As always, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and therealdeal.com. And we want to hear from you. Have a question about the market or think you'd make a great guest for an episode? Email us at podcasts at therealdeal.com.